everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. So far in Season 13, we've had to deal with evil Mickey Mouse, and we've had the debut of a brand new vigilante superhero named The Coon. However, in the two episodes that I've talked about so far in Season 13, each one of them somehow is involved with this week's episode. What do I mean? Well, let me explain. When I discussed the episode The Ring, the other option for the season premiere was the episode that I am about to discuss. Meanwhile, with The Coon, that happened to be the episode before this week's episode, plus they needed a little bit more time with this week's episode. So now, we've finally gotten to Margaritaville. No, not the song, but the episode that I'll be discussing here this week. This is an episode that, really, if you think about it, if you've been a listener for either a long time or a listener for the first time, welcome aboard, this is an episode that has kind of been building, anticipating, till we get to this episode. This is an episode, and I'm just going to say right off the bat, that discusses the recession of the United States in 2009, and even in, from 2008. And is this is kind of considered a legendary episode. But is it as good now as it was when it first came out. Well, let's not hesitate any longer. Let's dive into this week's episode, Margaritaville. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on March 25th, 2009. So the episode begins at the bank where Randy tells Stan that he has to put his check that he got from his grandmother into the bank. Now, normally, normally, I would describe the first scene of the episode for everyone. However, because this scene is so legendary in its own way, I think it's best if you listen to the clip of how this episode begins. Do I really have to do this, Dad? Stan, now more than ever, you need to understand the importance of saving money. But Grandma said I could use this money to buy whatever I want. Okay, next please. Go on, Stanley. How can I help you, young man? I got a hundred dollar check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. What do you mean? I, I have a hundred dollars. Not anymore, you don't. Poof. Hi, are you hiring? Well, 
Well, what can I do to get back I'm my... I'm sorry, sir, but this line is for bank members only. I just opened an account. Do you have any money invested with this bank? Next, please. Hey! Hello, Mrs. Farnickel. How are you today? Making a deposit, are we? Great. We can just put that into your retirement account and make it go to work for you, and it's gone. What? Sorry, yeah, that's gone. Please step aside for people who actually have money with the bank. Next, please. Dad! Hey, I'm trying to teach my son the importance of savings. You already lost his money? Oh, Mr. Marsh, don't worry. We can just transfer money from your account into a portfolio with your son, and it's gone! This line is for people who have money with the bank only. Please step aside. Yep, that is how this episode begins. Everybody losing their money. So now we go to the news and they talk about the recession and how it's affecting everybody. Mr. Garrison talks about how it's like the money just vanishes in the thin air. The Stotch family talks about how there may be a possibility that they have to sell the house. And we see Butters' face is covered by the news logo. And then we get the rednecks who are like, Well, they took our money, and now they took their job! They took our job! So, because of this, the Marshes have to balance out you know, their money. And the food budget is kind of in a bad situation. So for dinner this night, they have sliced hot dogs and sliced tomatoes. While this is going on, Randy tries to explain to Stan that it's the government that's pretty much screwed up while he makes himself a margarita from his Margaritaville. So let's, let's go into the history of Margaritaville. So Margaritaville, this is the first thing we have to put out right away. Margaritaville is a song that was made in 1977 by Jimmy Buffett. And it is, I, I would think, his biggest hit that he's ever done. It's his biggest hit. It managed to make it all the way to number seven in the U.S. Cash Box Top 100 and number eight in the Billboard Hot 100. And this song has taken a life of its own. It's absolutely amazing. So, after so many years of the song being played on the radio, on concerts, on TV shows, an eventual Margaritaville restaurant was opened. And... It was opened in 1985 at Key West, with Jimmy Buffett obviously being the founder. There are plenty of Margaritavilles, if anyone is interested in going. Texas, New Jersey, Mississippi, Minnesota. I really don't know how Minnesota gets a Margaritaville. Uh, there's going to be one opening in Boston this fall. Chicago, Cleveland, Mexico, Jamaica, the Cayman Islands, among other places. Well, one of the things that came out of this is an actual Margaritaville margarita maker. And it sold. It, it sold a tremendous amount, and I believe it is still available. 
uh, for people to get. So, basically the whole point of that scene was Randy saying, you know, we gotta stop spending on ridiculous stuff, like the Margaritaville, even though he doesn't really say it. Then we get to this scene where the townspeople are gathered and there are different people talking about, you know, why we lost all this money. Why are we in a recession? And even Cartman has one, even though you can't see him. You can hear his voice. And he talks about how, gotta blame the Jews. They put this money in a Jew cave, which they made in the 1960s. And then we see Randy, who is dressed in bedsheets. It's his toga. And he's giving good ideas, and the people are starting to follow with this. But we will get back to that in a moment, because Stan wants to get money back for the Margaritaville. So he goes to Sur la Table, or Sur la Table, but it's pronounced, I believe, Sur la Table. And he tries to get the money back. He's got the receipt. And the guy says that it's impossible. Because you got to go to another place where the financial payment was done from a company. So Cartman has, or not Cartman, Stan has to go through this. Now I do want to mention real quick that Sir La Table was a real place. It was an honest-to-goodness real place. It was founded in 1972, 130 locations. And in July of 2020, the restaurant, or not the restaurant, but the store, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy and was acquired by Marquee Brands and CSC Generation for just about $89 million. So, it's a real place. Meanwhile, Randy now talks with the townspeople again and he gives this I, all these ideas of instead of our kids playing with video games they should play with squirrels instead of people driving their cars they should ride llamas and the townspeople are into this idea they are really into this idea and we see the townspeople and they're wearing their bedsheet made togas and they're trying, you know, they're living life the way that they are living. But then we see the kids. And I have to say, Kenny dressed up in this is one of the best scenes or one of the best parts of the episode because you don't see his face. You just don't. It's funny. So Kyle talks about how we shouldn't really be in fear. We should just, you know, continue to buy, make the economy greater. We shouldn't be in fear of the economy. And a couple people are like, huh, you see the Jew? The Jew's starting something up. So now we've got our plot. Meanwhile, Stan goes to this mortgage back company to try to get a refund and that doesn't work and he is told that he has to go to Wall Street to get his refund meanwhile Kyle is now gathered with more of his friends and 
he, you know, talks again about why we shouldn't be in fear of, you know, the economy. When, you know, we cut to uh, Randy and his group, and they're talking about how everything's going good, everything's going great, but we have this one person, we have this Jew who's talking about, you know, how we should spend. We should spend. We shouldn't be afraid. So then we cut back. Kyle's talking. And then we see a scene where, um, you know, people are chasing somebody. Well, it's Mr. Garrison. And why is Mr. Garrison being chased? Well, he bought something at a bed, bath, and beyond. So, instead of throwing rocks, which would have stoned Mr. Garrison to death, they throw squirrels at him. And Kyle, being like another, you know, figure that you all know by the point of this episode, is like, why are you getting mad at him? He's trying, you know, to buy stuff, making a living. And then he's like, he who has not spent something, throw the next squirrel. And somebody throws a squirrel. So now, Stan... And, and I gotta, I, I'll, I'm going to say this right now. Stan is the only one in this entire episode that just makes any sense in this. For so many reasons. One of which is he's the only character in the episode of the townspeople that is not dressed in, you know, uh, bed sheets. You know, the bed sheet togas. He's the only one not dressed in that. And I loved that. I thought it was great. So he goes to Wall Street, talks to someone that works there, trying to get the refund for the Margaritaville that his dumb dad paid for. And he's like, well, I can't really help you, but you're going to have to go to the United States Treasury to do this. And it's like, what? Yep, United States Treasury. So now, Kyle is having a <clears throat> sermon on a mountain, and there are people watching this. And he talks about how we, again, he's continuing this whole speech, this whole spiel of we shouldn't be afraid to spend. And to prove it, he got himself an American Express platinum card and it scares people it's actually kind of funny it's like <laughs> so the american express card basically has an unlimited spending so there's no limit to how much you could spend on this you know platinum card and he's trying to convince people that you should be able to spend if it's with plastic or if it's with paper you should be able to do it well this is getting randy and his committee upset and one of them is like we gotta kill the jew and they're like no are you dumb and then you hear this screeching noise and it's you know if you're older or if you're you know in our my age group mid to late 30s it is nails on a chalkboard <sighs> terrible 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 sound and it's cartman and Carmen says, I can get you the Jew. I could get you the one that you want. But I want something in return. I want a copy 
of Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars on handheld Nintendo DS. So this game had been mentioned a few times uh, by Cartman in the episode. And this was a game that was for the handhelds. Uh, Nintendo DS, the PlayStation Portable, if you remember that. And you could also play it on your phone. So this, the game came out March 17th, which was eight days before this episode aired. And um, really the grades for this game, looking at it, are pretty positive. This game received from the two or from the Spike Video Game Awards the Best Handheld Game Award. However, the version was not specified. It also won the Best Nintendo DS Game of 2009 from GameSpot, and the game was nominated for three other awards from GameSpot: Game of the Year, DS Game of the Year, and Action Game of the Year, winning the DS Game of the Year. So. Now, Stan is in D.C. He is at the U.S. Treasury. And he, you know, asks for a refund. And there's a couple people there, and they decide, okay, well, we're going to have, you know, we're, we're going to go in, we're going to figure out how much this, you know, what you're going to get back. So it's like, okay, we're getting somewhere. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work. So they come back. There's a little bit of blood on their <laughs> on their suits, and they're like, "Okay, well, we estimate that the Margaritaville is valued at ninety trillion dollars, huh? Ninety trillion dollars." Meanwhile, back at Whistling Willie's, we have a Last Supper scene. You know, like somebody else had just proving a point so timmy uh, or jimmy asks kyle why is he not eating his pizza and he's like well I, I i just don't feel right i feel like that you know something bad is going to happen and that i i feel like someone is going to betray me and Butters is like, no, no, you know, no one's gonna betray you. And then Carver gets up on the table and he's like, no, that is not cool. Whoever would do that, whoever would, you know, turn her back on him is a dick. Whoever would do that, you're a dick. And Kyle's like, despite it being whoever it is, Kyle has a plan because he's not going to let the person who is going to betray him, Cartman, excuse me, <laughs> he's going to beat that person to the punch. Meanwhile, back at the U.S. Treasury, Stan is still upset because the, the Margaritaville is valued at $90 trillion, and it just doesn't make sense. When all of a sudden, here comes another person who says that, well, the, you know, this company's run out of money, so we got to figure out what to do. So, they go into the same room as, as they did with Stan, and then Stan goes in the room. And then we see what they did. So, 
there's three judges, there's people, and there's a chicken. And what they do is they cut the head of the chicken off, throw the body onto this big, like, board, and they let the chicken run around, and they do this. So, you know, they do something like that, and the the chicken's body lands on bailout. So they're like, bailout! It gets a bailout! And stand at this point, after going to this store, going to the security company, going to Wall Street, going to the Treasury, just has enough, takes the Margaritaville, throws it onto this board, and it breaks. And Kyle's, or Stan's basically just saying, you know what, screw this, I'm done. Then we go back to town, and then we see Kyle starts to pay for everyone's debts. And the townspeople are like, it's just like he pay, he's paying for everybody's debts. And Sheila, you know, is crying and she's like, what are you doing, son? You can't do this. You're going to be in debt for the rest of your life. And Kyle, you know, he's like, I understand, but I've got to do this. So everyone comes into town. Randy sees this. And towards the end, Kyle's just getting tired. And here's Stan, or Randy, pardon me. He's got the $17,000 bill, which Kyle pays for. And then he just stops. And then one guy goes, he's dead. And then the doctor of the town goes, and he's like, no, he's just tired. And they pick him up. They pick up the body. And they walk him to his house. And they walk him to his bed. Like another famous person. And they close the door. And now we're back to normal. We're back to reality. Everyone's going to buy stuff. Randy wants to buy a new Margaritaville. With a salsa dispenser. And then the news comes on. And they talk about how, you know, we were in this recession for a long time and one person was able to help out and was able to do it. So Kyle's watching on the bed. He's tired. And the person keeps talking and then he, you know, mentions or he says the name Barack Obama and people are clapping and then Kyle's like, oh, come on. And that is the end of Margaritaville. Whew! A lot of stuff uh, going into the episode, a lot of preparations going into this episode, and I think it paid off really good. I This was a smart episode. This is one of these times where, and I don't say this very often, with South Park because there are times where, you know, they just are goofy or go over to place or are disgusting. But this is a smart episode. It worked wonderfully. It was tremendously done. 
and it holds up to this day. It, it really does. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I don't know what it's missing from me not making it a 10, but it's a great episode. Maybe their best one of the season. And I, I just really enjoyed it. So I think this getting a 9 is a really high score. A couple of notes I want to bring up is this episode <laughs> um it originally aired as an easter special um okay well you know i guess with the whole jesus thing um like would it be considered an easter episode i don't i, I don't know I, I i don't know so let's talk about the production uh from this episode or the notes of the episode Trey Parker and Matt Stone had said that they had long planned to do an episode about the global recession, and they argued over whether to start the season about the economy, or, as they did, with the Jonas Brothers. Stone argued the season premiere should focus on the economy because it was the biggest news item at the time, but Parker felt they needed more time to craft the script and that the Jonas Brothers would be a funny season opener. Stone ultimately agreed and later admitted it was the right decision. During an interview a few weeks before the episode aired, Stone said, that's one of those big things we want to get right. We'll be talking about what kind of social commentary we want to make and do it right. So the original plan for their economy-related episode was to involve Cartman dressed as a superhero named The Coon and fighting the recession. Eventually, Carmen would discover the recession stemmed from the sale of Margaritaville blenders, and he would have to battle singer-songwriter Jimmy Buffett and Warren Buffett, and would be portrayed as Jimmy's brother. Eventually, the idea was scrapped, and the superhero elements were incorporated into the episode The Coon, which aired just before Margaritaville. The opening scene of The Coon, in which Cartman discussed the poor economic state of the nation and the election of Barack Obama, were left remnants of the original economy-related idea. Certain elements of the original episode or the original idea, such as the Margaritaville Blenders, were incorporated into this week's episode. As with most South Park episodes, Parker Stone and their team created the episode within a week of its broadcast date. The script was not finished until late March 24th, the night before the episode aired. Margaritaville featured a 70-second shot which panned over several characters speaking about the recession on pedestals before finally settling on Randy wearing robes and preaching about the economy. It was the longest shot in South Park history to that point, although it will be surpassed later in the season by Dances with Smurfs which I'm not going to read the rest of because we'll talk about that, or I'll talk about it when we get to that episode. Within a week of the original broadcast date, the online retailer Zazzle and South Park Studios released t-shirts and hooded sweatshirts based on Margaritaville, including shirts with Randy dressed in rags saying, Finger pointing gets us nowhere, and we must mock the economy no longer. Other shirts included the finance company executive saying, Ooh, yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, no. 
and an image of the Last Supper-inspired pizza dinner between Kyle and his friends. Uh, the theme. Obviously, this is a satire and commentary on the global recession affecting much of the industrialized world at the time of the episode's broadcast. Parker and Stone believed many view the economy as an important, elusive entity without truly understanding how it works, and felt it mirrored faith and religion. The duo had difficulty writing the script due to their limited familiarity with religion and Christian history, and they relied heavily on executive producer Anne Garofino for help. In describing the economic elements of this or economic elements of this episode, they sought assistance from Stone's father, who works as an economist. The scenes in which Stan explains how his Margaritaville blender was purchased on a payment plan that was eventually combined into securities, sold to the banks required particular assistance from Stone's father. Parker said the dialogue proved so difficult, they were working on the script right up until the night before the episode was first broadcast. The Margaritaville blender itself served as a metaphor for consumerism and the tendency of Americans to buy luxuries that they do not need. Stone said, we didn't, we didn't want to make an episode where it was like, oh, those Wall Street guys took our money. It was one of those things where we all screwed up and nobody really knows what's going on, but it has something to do with buying shit like Margaritavilles. The Margaritaville also serves as a metaphor for the housing bubble. Parker himself actually owns a Margaritaville, of which he said, It's pretty stupid because it really is just a blender. Um, there were many cultural references, talked about Grand Theft Auto, talked about um, American Express, but one thing I want to, and Margaritaville, the song itself. But one thing I do want to talk about is the different metaphors, the different similarities that they did in this episode with Jesus. You know, the the Sermon on the Mountain, the stopping of, well, in this case, the squirreling. It would have been a stoning. Um, the, the Last Supper. And, you know, the whole, like, oh, he's paying for our debts. And it got me thinking, actually, before, number one, watching this episode... And number two, reviewing this episode, it had me thinking about the different movies that I have seen in my life where, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a Jesus movie. I'm not going to put the Passion of the Christ in on this because I talked about it when I reviewed The Passion of the Jew and that's a movie that I think I've said it on this show, but I will say it here again if I did. It just made me feel so uncomfortable that I don't think I would want to see it. And then there was one time many, many years ago where like I was channel surfing and I accidentally saw like a couple clips of it of it and I was like, No, that's not for me. That's just not gonna work. So, two movies that came into mind right away were movies that came out in the 60s. Uh, both Jesus films, but not the... One is a little bit better than the other. I'll say that. 
1961, I want, yeah, 1961 was King of Kings, which, believe it or not, is a remake of the 1925 movie The King of Kings, which was done by Cecil B. DeMille. So, the movie stars Jeffrey Hunter as Jesus Christ, and is narrated by Orson Welles, which, for a while, uh, you know, unless you really paid attention, he never got credit for. He never got credit for, or, well, yeah, he was uncredited. He was uncredited for that role. And while Jeffrey Hunter may not be the best version of Jesus or the best actor to play Jesus, he does a respectable job, an okay job. I can't really go and bash him that much. Where the problem is for me is it's two things because what they did actually write in a way was use the Barabbas character because Barabbas is the one who is saved by the people from getting crucified instead of Jesus. But the whole Barabbas character is like, oh, if I can get Jesus on our side, you know, if I can, you know, and then there's this one scene with Salome, and it is disturbing. <laughs> oh my god, it is so freaking disturbing. Um, it just kind of freaks me out every time I see that scene, because I'm just like, no, I can't sit through this. I really cannot. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, but it is... You know, it, it is a Jesus movie, and it's in there. Then, four years later... There, there's a whole point to this, folks. Out comes the greatest story ever told, 1965. And this is an all-star cast movie. I mean, you have Max von Sydow playing Jesus. Then you have... This is the cast, by the way. Charlton Heston, Claude Rains, Jose Ferrer, Telly Savalas, yes, Kojak is in this movie, Martin Landau, Donald Pleasance, Roddy McDowell, and Ed Wynn, among other people. Then you have cameos by people such as Pat Boone, Angela Lansbury, uh, Sidney Portier, Shelley Winters, Jamie Farr, yes, Jamie Farr from MASH is in this movie, and John Wayne. And the thing with John Wayne is he plays the centurion in the movie. But if you watch the movie, you don't see him. You can barely see him. And he has the one line, you know, of like, Truly, this man was the son of God. And it sounds freaking recorded on tape! It really does! And the movie is just a bad movie. It's a bad movie. The only saving grace in the movie 
actually two, Jose Ferrer and Telly Savalas. Everything else is just bad. It's, if you don't believe me, go see it. It's a long movie. It's a very long movie. But take my word for it. it you you, you want to see it, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you. So, that's what I thought going into this, or these, you know, Jesus movies. And then, I'm just going to mention it real quick, Ben-Hur. Even though the the point of the movie is not about Jesus, there are scenes in Ben-Hur where Jesus is there, but you never see Jesus' face in the 1959 version. The, the, that's the most famous one with Charlton Heston. However, in the remake that came out about five years ago, you do see Jesus' face, and Jesus talks in that movie. So, yeah. Okay, uh, receptions, and then I'm going to talk about the Emmy that this episode earned. Parker and Stone themselves were not entirely pleased with the final result of this episode. Although they liked the idea, they felt the main storyline involving the economy and the subplot involving Stan and the Margaritaville blender did not come together in the end as the duo originally hoped they would when they started writing the script. Parker said of the episode, I give the concept of this an A and the execution like a C-. In its original American broadcast, this episode was watched by 2.77 million overall households, that's according to Nielsen, making it the most watched Comedy Central production of the week. The episode received generally positive reviews from TV critics. Ken Tucker of Entertainment Weekly said of the episode, The episode was the most backhanded endorsement imaginable of President Obama's economic bailout plan or the most withering dismantling of it. As usual, South Park had it both ways. Tucker also said of Cartman's blaming the Jews of the recession, among its many achievements, South Park has exposed anti-Semitism to such relentless or relentless ridicule, ridicule over the years, it deserves some sort of humanitarian award. Financial writer Roger Nussbaum said the episode was not only humorous, but provided a decent analysis of the recession. He particularly praised Randy's inclusion of margaritas with the barest of necessities. Nussbaum said most people tend to take on absurd expenses that they fail to realize are unnecessary, even as they discuss the plight of the economy. Brad Trechik of TV Squad called Margaritaville a highlight of the season. Mike Fahey of Kotaku said the episode had a clever little plot. Zach Bissonnette of Blogging Stocks said of the episode, It isn't quite as trenchant, tr yeah, trenchant as some of the other Wall Street satire that's been making the rounds, but it's definitely worth watching. Carlos Delgado of If Magazine said the episode included many excellent moments, including the headless chicken method of making economic decisions but otherwise felt Margaritaville was not as strong as previous episodes like The Ring. Delgado said, Maybe I'm too depressed about the current economic situation. Who knows? But although Margaritaville was well-written and poignant, I wasn't busting out in laughter every two minutes. In 2016, the episode was highlighted in the academic journal 
religions. The segment in which the bank teller says, and it's gone, has become a popular internet meme. Okay, so the success to this episode leads to yet not only another Emmy nomination for South Park, but another Emmy win. This is the third Emmy win in four years for South Park. The th yeah, the third Emmy... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's the third Emmy in a row, pardon me, for South Park. 2007, Make Love Now Warcraft. 2008, The Imagination Land Trilogy. And now this episode. The other shows that were nominated for the one hour or less category included American Dad with its episode 1600 Candles, Robot Chicken for Robot Chicken Star Wars Episode 2, and The Simpsons with Gone Maggie Gone. So this is the third uh, this is the third Emmy in a row for South Park. Their fourth overall. So we are hitting, if you're looking at awards success-wise, we're hitting a big, big stride for the show. Now, this was the episode that Parker and Stone decided to submit for the Emmys because, well, they had received a large amount of positive feedback about the episode from adults and older viewers. Since most Emmy voters are older, they decided Margaritaville stood the best chance of winning. Stone joked, if an Emmy voter were to watch this, they might think the show was smarter than it was, so they might be fooled into voting for us. And they did. They ended up winning, like I said, their third Emmy in a row for this episode. Whew. Now, after all that, going to get into IMDb, see what they thought of this episode. Uh, over 2,500 people have rated this episode, and the average rating for this is an 8.6 out of 10. 843 people gave it a 10. 686 people gave it a 9. That's going to be the grade I give it this week. 522 people gave this an 8. And 66 people gave it a 1. To break it down for demographics, almost 1,800 people gave it... Okay, sorry about that. Uh, I had to take a phone call. Well, you guys didn't hear it because you guys are listening to the show. Anyway, uh, of males, the demographic, almost 1,800 males. The average rating is an 8.5. I'm not going to count the under 18 because it's only four people that, you know, put a rating on that. So I'm going to go with the 18 to 29 as the highest demographic at 8.8. .8. With females, 166 females voted. The average rating was an 8.7. Its highest demographic, 45 and up, with an 8.8 .8 average. So now I'm going to put my rating in. There we go, and we're going to go to IMDb's reviews. Surprisingly, not as many as I thought there would be. Only four reviews. Wow. I think we have time to read all of them. 
So the first one is from Gangsta Hippie, who wrote, Margaritaville is the third episode of season 13 of South Park. While not as strong as The Ring or The Coon, it is still a fairly good episode. Season 13 is having a fairly good run so far. Hopefully Trey and Matt keep it up. The episode goes back to spoofing current events. This one spoofs the economic recession that we are currently in. Now that there is a recession, everybody's money is being lost. This starts a wave of diff different cults, the most popular being the one Stan's dad, Randy, is leader of. They tell everyone to stop spending and buy only basic necessities. The episode starts to mirror the biblical times of Jesus Christ with Kyle as Jesus. They have the Last Supper, a whoever has not sinned cast the first stone scene, and a scene at the end which could parallel the crucifixion, but not quite. Meanwhile, Stan goes all around to try and return the Margaritaville machine his dad bought. He cannot return it at the original store, so now he has to go all the way to Wall Street to do so. He then finds a shocking secret about the businessmen. This is a fairly good episode, has funny moments, though it's not as good as the first two. Good work. I think what we're seeing, or hearing anyway, is that this episode's actually aged well. That's how I'm taking it. Rain Dog Jr. wrote a review. He said, Unlike of the previous two episodes of this still young season 13 of South Park, I didn't know a thing about Margaritaville. I just entered the South Park Studios yesterday night, saw it, loved it. I think it is the best episode of season 13 so far. And even that, it was just the third episode. I think that's saying a lot since both The Ring and The Coon were, for me, truly mind-blowing episodes. Margaritaville has just many of those South Park extremely memorable moments, to name a few of them. Cartman blaming, well, who else? Cartman would blame, if not the Jews. In this case, he is blaming the Jews for the economic recession, saying stuff like that the Jews must have put the money in a secret Jew cave, or Cartman saying that he can bring the Jew. To get the attention of those who want to kill the Jew, Cartman does just what Bart Simpson did to get the attention of Homer and his nerd college pals in the episode Homer Goes to College. Yes, I know is not important or something, but hell. For sure, and the only thing he wants in return is Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for the Nintendo DS. As I wrote, there are many memorable and hilarious moments, but actually these Cartman moments are minor moments in this episode that has in Stan, Kyle, and Randy its protagonists. It begins with Stan who received $100 from his grandma. At any normal day, Stan would have bought, I don't know, maybe the newest video game. But this time, and following the advice, or better said, the orders of his father, he will open a bank account and will save his $100. During the course of this episode, the people who Stan will talk with will deliver hilarious stuff. In short, in a hilarious scene, Stan sees how his $100 practically vanishes. Certainly, he is not the only one, but who to blame for the... Well, while Stan goes from place to place trying to return to Margaritaville and get back the money that his stupid father paid only to basically get confusion and anger, but not dollars. The chicken part is brilliantly hilarious. The people of South Park is having confusion also. Great. Just great the stuff with both of the leaders. On one hand, we have in Randy, the guy who says that the economy is having its vengeance since all of them forsaken it by spending money in stupid things like the Margaritaville. Randy's solution, people must stop buying. 
They will only have what is necess really necessary. No more video games for kids. Now they will play with squirrels. On the other hand, we have that mentioned Jew. Actually, we have one of the four boys, certainly Kyle Broflovsky, who says that the economy is not angry with the people. Kyle's solution? People must spend, must recover their faith in the economy, and, with, and he, with his credit card, will make that, for example. Randy buys the new version of the Margaritaville. Barack Obama's solution? None, but it worked. Alright, uh, let's go to Tweakums, who wrote, When Stan takes a check to the bank because his father tells him he must invest rather than spend his money, he is shocked when the cashier tells him his money has disappeared moments after he has put it in his account. He suggests that Randy could transfer some money into Stan's account, but moments later, all his money has gone too. Soon, Randy is preaching that people must respect the vengeful economy by stopping all frivolous spending and saving money by wearing sheets and traveling around by riding llamas. When Kyle starts telling people that the economy is not an entity capable of vengeance and the only way to get it going again is to spend money, he is vilified by Randy's followers. Meanwhile, Stan is trying to get the money back on one of Randy's frivolous purchases, a Margaritaville machine. It isn't easy, though. The shop sends him to the financing company, then send him to Wall Street, and eventually they send him to the U.S. Treasury in Washington, D.C. This was a decent enough topical episode. There are a good number of laughs. I particularly liked the scene where the townspeople started throwing squirrels at Mr. Garrison. The way Kyle was vilified then ended up being some sort of financial mess mess <laughs> messianic savior was pretty funny as were Randy's rantings about the vengeful economy. His suggestion about llamas was particularly funny. Stan's attempts to get a refund were a bit of a distraction for the most part, although its conclusion in Washington provided a good laugh when we see financial policy being decided by the use of a decapitated chicken on a chart with a number of possible courses of action. Overall, this episode was fun enough, but didn't feel like a classic to me. That was written in 2012. That's how long this ep Oh my gosh. Alright, finally, from S. Lions Cricket Reviews, Margaritaville backs up the coon to give the 13th season of South Park a very nice start. This is a fantastic episode, perfectly aligned in spirit to the great episode South Park consistently produced during its peak, and is a hilarious and rather ingenious parody of the final days of Jesus Christ. Randy begins a cult to withstand the, econ the economic crisis and begins inspiring the townsfolk into living lives whereby they abandon any and all economic temptations. The results are absolutely hilarious, nothing short of what has become expected with the character of Randy Marsh. Stan, meanwhile, goes on a seemingly endless journey to return his father's margarita machine, Margaritaville, during the economic crisis. It's another fantastic storyline and employs what has become one of my favorite little devices on the show, which is contrasting the behaviors of Stan and his father through their actions. Randy, being the idiot that he is, buys one of the most unnecessary purchases he could imagine, and Stan, the surprisingly mature young son, goes all over the place fruitless in his attempts to return it. It reminded me of Season 9's Bloody Mary, where Stan was taking care of his alcoholic father. 
Then there's Kyle and his attempts to convince the people of South Park that abandoning the economy as a way of living through its struggle is not the way and it has the most perfect payoff that parodies the final days of Jesus Christ. He died for our debts, said one individual after Kyle pays off all their debts with his newly purchased credit card. In doing so, put himself in a pit of debt for his future. He's such a wonderful moral center for this show, and this is among his finest acts. There's plenty to love about Margaritaville, and the entire episode works superbly. Each storyline flows very naturally, and the writing is crisp, sharp, more in line with the show's peak years than the previous season, which I still enjoyed. Whether it be Randy and the cult he creates, or Cartman in a parody of Quint from Jaws, this is a superb episode. I mean, what else is there to say that possibly has not been said about Margaritaville than everything you just heard from the reviews, from myself, from the critics? This is truly one of the more legendary South Park episodes. If you'd like to follow the show, you can follow us on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can join our Facebook group. It is Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar on Facebook, add yourself, and boom, we'll add you to the group. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode, so all you have to do is copy the link, paste it into your bar, bada bing, bada boom, you're right there. Well, next time around, we are going to discuss Terrence and Philip. I don't think we've done this in a while, but this time, they've got their own little problems. Not with themselves, but with a new comedy group. Next time around, it is Eat, Pray, Queef. That is next time on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am Bill. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll talk to you all next time.